0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. He wakes up in the morning, does his teeth bite to eat, and he's rolling,
1: never changes a thing. The, the week, week ends. The week e- begins. Ends.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Look at each, <laughs> each other. <laughs>
1: <Wondering> <laughs> what what the other <laughs> is
0: thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love Dave Matthews' band. I don't care. Dave Matthews, it's good. They got some good shit.
1: That was yes. Ants Marching. Yes, it is.
0: Matthews. Related to our theme today, actually, yes. which we will be talking about burnout, which has been a very popularly requested item on. Instagram we've also gotten some Gmail requests on it we've it's also like, got it's very relatable hmm, yeah it's how sad it's almost like people are dying and yeah. they they're just asking us so many questions about it so we're finally going to do it it'll probably be a two-parter because there's a lot of information so much. So, everybody, welcome to our podcast, Shit Your Shrink Thinks. This is a show about things that two therapists think. We sometimes give you some information. We also tell you a little bit about ourselves. (laughs) Sometimes give you information. We occasionally will give you information about a topic. Occasionally, and it's educational. Yeah. We try our best. It's... You know, hit or miss. <laughs> yeah. You you love us or you hate us, but you're sometimes getting information while you're doing that. <laughs> there you go. I like it. We also, as a reminder, have a Gmail, shityourshrinkthinks at gmail.com. We have an Instagram, Facebook, as well as a Twitter by the same kind of handles. And then we have a Patreon. Feel free to support us if you're liking what we're doing. It yeah. is www.patreon.com forward slash shityourshrinkthinks. Hit us up. Tip us. Woo woo. Yes, yes.
1: So as you guys might remember, we are still learning about each other on this podcast and we like to share a what's good. So maybe a story that the other person might not know or just something that lit us up a little bit and brighten our day or something. So Sunny, what's your what's good?
0: My what's good is I think black cats are lucky and I've been seeing a lot of them lately, so I'm very excited about that. I think they're lucky. I used to own a black cat. Mm. His name was Merlin. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's yeah. so cute. Yeah. And I, they actually used to be, there are some cultures where cats and then black cats were lucky. Yeah. So for what that's worth. And, and also- And worshipped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> and also funny enough, there used to be that Friday the 13th was lucky too. So that's Interesting. a old, Yeah, I believe- Please don't quote me on this. It was, I believe it was pagan and it was Norse. So Freya Friday. Yeah. And the 13th was like a day of worship. And she also had a chariot pulled by cats. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Which, man, if I had a chariot pulled crazy cat lady at my heart core. I know. I know. So I, I think Friday the 13th is lucky. I think black cats are lucky. I dig it. And I'm kind of into that whole vibe. So everybody can deal with that. <laughs> I did it. I <laughs> yeah, did it. Yeah. And yeah. I was just, I saw a couple black cats this week and it made me feel lucky. So that was uh, it.
1: Maybe someday, I mean, you could have a little black kitty, you know, with yeah. your white fluffy dog and have a black little kitty.
0: <laughs> I know. The, the yin and yang. Yeah. Yeah. Little sweeties. Yeah. Uh-huh. I w- I would love that. Yeah. What's your what's good?
1: So my what's good happened last night. So I am a morning lark and my husband is a night owl. Mm-hmm. So I always go to bed before him. And <laughs> I have I have to get up and pee in the middle of the night, TMI, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I get up to go to the bathroom and as I am getting up to go to the bathroom, my husband is coming upstairs and he's like staring at his phone, you know, his bright phone in a dark black room. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, interesting timing. <laughs> and I scared a fart out of my husband <laughs> and I laughed so hard like Grant and I was maybe a little sleep deprived but I literally could not stop laughing
0: that I scared a fart out of him that's so rewarding oh my god that's so rewarding I love startling people. I love startling people. <laughs> I went through a whole phase in college. I had to stop where I would just pop out Jump of, out yeah, at people? Yeah, in my house. Oh, come on. <laughs> so I lived with uh, two or three guys and two or three girls. And mm-hmm. I would just... There was one of the dudes in particular who was really calm and laid back but had the best startled response. <laughs> <laughs> I would jump out at him all the time. This poor man was a saint. He dealt with me like constantly Charlie. He also taught me tennis and like a whole bunch of other things Aww. and cooked for the whole house. So... I just, I don't know why I terrorized him. I just did. It felt so it was right. So val- it felt so good to see him jump. Yeah, it was like a sibling relationship where I literally could not help myself. I saw him coming <laughs> around the corner all peaceful, doing stuff that made him happy, and I had to destroy it. <laughs> so yes, I very much get the how how rewarding scary a fart out of somebody would be. Yes. it it
1: uh, Again, I think I was slightly sleep deprived, but I literally could not. Like, I was crying, laughing for for like a good solid 15 minutes nonstop without... <laughs> <laughs> good for you. <laughs> was, he, was he grumpy? No, no. He thought it was funny because I was <laughs> laughing so hard.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, so tell me, what did you try for outside of the pod practice? How did it go this week?
1: So mine was to keep up with doing some alone time self-care and hobbies type stuff. And I was to do like 15 minutes two times a week and I slightly modified it a bit so instead of doing two 15 minutes hobby I took the time and did one longer hobby which was taking care of my toes and painting my toenails like I that's something that I used to be people who knew me back in like high school and like I would do some crazy designs and stuff oh cool I was always into doing fancy shit and I probably had not addressed my feet for half a year to addressed. almost a year
0: <laughs> you know addressed I mean? my feet <laughs> yes the- you know
1: well you gotta like, the trimming and and i like to nail file and it makes it this. sound like you have
0: hobbit feet you have lovely feet <laughs> <laughs> oh actually let me look at them they are a beautiful teal yes t- and with some little sparkles oh, i didn't wow. do anything too
1: fancy sometimes i would do like legit cool like sunsets yeah. with beachy sun you know like i would do like
0: crazy shit. A toe mural. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. No, but... they look great. They're shining. you guys. I'm blinded by the teal sparkles. <laughs>
1: blinded by the light. So yeah, it felt good to do that. It was, I again, I think that's something I just need to pay more attention to is actually taking a little time for myself and doing hobbies and things that I enjoy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I How like did that. yours go?
0: Uh, I didn't do what I was supposed to be doing. I... <laughs> I haven't been, I I think we've kind of reversed roles where you are doing the homework really well right now and I'm just in this, I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm about or what I'm doing right now, but I'm having a good time. Hey, that's something. Yeah. yeah. I will say that most of what I have been trying to focus on is starting up my side side hustle. My, (laughs) my, this is my side hustle and I have another side, side hustle that I'm trying to work on. And so I've just been incredibly focused on that. Yeah. And I am kind of in the final push of giving birth to a lot of projects right now that I've really been (laughs) working on. So there's like two, three, or four projects that I've just had in the works. And I know this is the last stage. In the last leg. Yeah, Yeah. Last lap. Yes. And so I have been kind of putting a lot of things on the back burner fair in an effort to the these projects will actually make it so that i spend less time on working yeah. much later there'll be
1: less grind in the long yeah. run but right now you're really grinding yeah it's yeah. kind
0: of like when you get a degree of some kind yeah it's like say you get your bachelor's or your master's or something you're like i know i'm gonna have to work less hard soon and make more money for less effort but i need to put in the effort on the front end to right. get the degree right. kind of like that
1: fair fair that's worthwhile This week, we had a lot of requests, as we said before, from several people to discuss the term burnout. So we're going to, again, probably do about two episodes because there's a lot of information. Yeah. And we're just going to start with education about burnout and then move into what to do about it and even discuss why the concept of burnout is kind of tricky to pin down.
0: Yes. So the first thing that people need to know is that there are several terms, not just burnout, that people can use, and they refer to similar but slightly different things. So let's start with burnout and then move into the other terms so you can listen for what applies to your situation more closely. So, Michaela, yeah. what is burnout? Burnout is just pure exhaustion. Psst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> putting out the burn. Yeah.
1: It's or exhaustion. peeing? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I, I realized.
1: I was like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Not real clear to the audience members.
0: <laughs> Wait, have you ever, one of my patients was saying to me that his mental health condition – he was doing coping skills was like pissing on an open fire, he said. I, yeah. thought, that, I thought that was funny. Anyway, that's an accurate description sometimes. Yeah. And that's kind of burnout. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. It's like pissing on an open flame. <laughs>
1: right. So you, you're exhausted, you may be having some sleepless nights, which result in fatigue, or you might have some chronic anxiety levels, which lead to that exhaustion as well, or simply just be working too much again you're you're doing way too much grind and there's not enough of the other stuff like too much of your
0: awake time is spent doing work yes there's also you may also feel feelings of depersonalization which is it you feel detached from your body or your mental process you're just not really in your body you're not physically connected to yourself it's like being an outside observer in your own life just feeling detached from your surroundings, just globally feeling detached, is another sign of burnout.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're you're there, but you don't really feel like you're there. You're just kind of like, uh, uh yeah, lights are know. on, nobody's home. Right, right. Yep. Again, not not dissociation. Nope, nope, different thing.
0: Yep, <laughs> dissociation is you think you are in a different time space. You are yes. in the astral plane. You right. are reliving a memory. This or is an experience.
1: I am here. But I don't feel like I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Is
0: it, like, it, it's the sensation of, have you ever taken an allergy medicine that makes you float above your body? That's, <laughs> no. Okay, maybe that's just- Not an allergy medicine. Oh, man. Maybe that's just, oh. oh. <laughs> something else like that, 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 that makes now. you float above your body. <laughs> if you've taken something that makes you float above your body, and it's not necessarily like a negative traumatizing experience- But you just feel like a balloon head floating above your core. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what depersonalization is.
1: Yeah. And you have kind of reduced feelings of self-efficacy. So you're no longer really feeling confident in your abilities or your set of skills. Or maybe you're just not really confident that you can even make it through the day. Like you literally wake up and like, how am I going to fucking survive today?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How am I going to do this? So that's another sign or symptom of burnout. You also have decreased compassion for yourself and others. so I mean, I've That's d- a big one. Yeah, I've got that in spades right now. Yeah, that's,
1: <laughs> that one flying so many flags. Yeah,
0: there's a OK Go song that's called Get Over It. Get, 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 get over it. And I feel like that is my anthem when I'm burned out. Mm-hmm. It's like I just cannot be bothered to be compassionate with people that probably deserve my empathy, but it's just – it's hard for me to access that well of kindness because yeah. I'm so burnt to a crisp that it just doesn't really register. Right.
1: Yeah. You you can't access the well because it is ran dry.
0: <laughs> yes. And I would even think about it sometimes as irritability. Yeah. So some people will experience irritability when they wouldn't otherwise. And for myself, I will be more faced by things. Like I will become irritable by situations that just normally, yes, they're annoying, but it wouldn't even phase me typically. Right. Normally it wouldn't be
1: a, a registered. And I've definitely felt this in almost every social work job I've ever had, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, that that, especially the decreased compassion for myself and others, I think, has really hit home in, in a lot of different jobs that I've done, and that's normally my first cue. Like that's the first one that I notice. Like when I don't have that empathy, I'm like,
0: "Ah, oh, shit! Yeah. Here we are again. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my yeah. old friend. <laughs> very musical <laughs> nice to today. Speak to you again. <laughs> <laughs> We're very musical today. Yes. So examples of in you in your own life, audience members that you could think of would be. If you're working in the same customer service job, like a restaurant, for five years, and you're just kind of phoning it in, you know that you could go above and beyond, but you just, you just don't care. You yeah, just phone you're doing it the in the bare minimum. You're just yeah.
1: showing up. You're, you're getting clocking the day.
0: in. You're there, but you're not there. Yeah, and you're not really getting a sense of reward no. or excitement or pleasure out of this. You just go there, you receive the paycheck, and then you leave there. Basically, that. And there's listen. Let's be really clear in this episode about burnout. I actually think that it's usually a company or a a job's fault. Uh, Yes. Not your fault. 100%. So we're going to get to the kind of causes of burnout. But right now, we're just describing it.
1: Yeah. We're just trying to help you know that's what you're feeling. Like this is, unfortunately, it is a normal set of symptoms. Yeah. Very
0: unfortunately. (laughs) But instead, in this episode, we're not going to tell you Well, let's just look at what your own problems. Yeah, let's look at what you can do more to fix. I mean, we'll
1: touch on something that we can do is within our control, but also, yeah, for the most part, probably not your fucking fault. Yeah,
0: for the most part, (laughs) is your job terrible? Then that could probably (laughs) that'd be probably the
1: main thing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. So, and I and I can think of things like this. I remember working in customer service. I worked at a coffee shop for probably like three years, and I just got to the point where it didn't even. I was probably actually working three jobs. I was working at a coffee shop. I was working at Panera and I want to say like a deli or something like that Mm -hmm. at the time. And I remember just (laughs) being in this. I went to Panera and I showed up, I think, five minutes late because I was studying for a bunch of other things. And I just couldn't. I was just five minutes late, like whatever. Yeah. And my boss was yelling at me for being five minutes late. And I remember her just like. Face and voice moving, and just her shouting at me, and me just like being on a beach somewhere. I just could, I was not even, I right. was just, you were just like staring seagulls. at her, like, Are you uh, whatever? Yeah, like, Okay, yeah. this is all happening. I felt like I was floating above myself. I didn't even react to it. I just kind of like picked up the soup tray that I was carrying <laughs> and then put it in the sink and was like neat and gave her like the okay symbol and just kind of like kept going. And that's, I think, to me, like my end stage burnout of just. I'm not interacting with you anymore.
1: Yeah, I'm disengaging. For sure, yeah. Sometimes I'm going to come back at you, but yeah. then when you reach a whole nother level, you're just totally disengaged. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Like there's like phases of the burnout where you're like, <laughs> I'm going to fight you, and then you're like, uh, yeah. no, I'm just not even here.
0: Nope. Yep. This is, Yes. Yeah. yeah, I would totally agree. <laughs> my, my first phase of burnout is always, you know, I don't care about your feelings. I'm going to fight you and just be really aggressive and hostile and then- in the later phases of burnout I just don't yeah I look real zen but it's just because I'm not even inside my body anymore (laughs) (laughs) this is just a meat suit moving around so that would be burnout right but there's also another term which I think can apply uh to a lot of us actually which is called vicarious traumatization and this is a term that was originally defined by Perlman and Sack I think. Hey, you're the reader, not me. We'll <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is the negative effects of caring about and caring for others. So this, it looks a lot like PTSD. Yeah. Actually, it looks very similar to PTSD. You can kind of think about it as PTSD light. It involves changes in beliefs about yourself, the world, and others due to the use of chronic and intense empathy or exposure to the problems of others. It's not the same as burnout. It can last for a long period of time, and like I said, it mirrors PTSD much more closely than burnout, which is just kind of like a vague sense. Right. But we wanted to tell you about vicarious trauma because it is we get it conflated a lot. Yeah. And some of us are experiencing something a little more
1: severe. And yes. So yeah, you're not burned out. You're actually having a vicarious trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And the that experiencing and having empathy for all the trauma that you're exposed to and kind of trying to digest and help other people through. Yes. Is causing you
0: trauma. <laughs> yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Yes. And this is a big one to bring up just because of the pandemic, right? Yeah. A lot of us had, well, lots of healthcare providers honestly had vicarious trauma anyway. Definitely. Or first responders sure. or, you know, police, things like that all are exposed to the chronic effects of empathy on others. But with the pandemic, it really opened the window of people who could be exposed to that. Mm. And so I think it's just relevant to mention. So definitely there are feelings, thoughts and behaviors that mm -hmm. all link to this. Right. Yeah. So what are
1: some of the feelings you might feel? So you might feel drained. Again, you might feel burnt out. (laughs) You might feel overloaded. Mm -hmm. You might have some like anger and rage. Mm -hmm. You might have that apathy. So kind of just that no care, Mm -hmm. depression, some hopelessness, maybe loneliness, again, that detachment. And you might also kind of be experiencing like
0: bystander guilt, shame, or like some feelings of self doubt. Yeah. So it's it has it's a little more of an extreme version of the burnout feeling. Right. You might also have different kinds of thoughts. And those thoughts are usually thoughts of work outside of work. Like you're really ruminating on work over mm-hmm. and over again, like mm-hmm. replaying mm-hmm. scenarios over and over again, almost like the intrusive thoughts that are in PTSD. Right. You might have some pessimism, cynicism, or nihilism. And usually if that's not typical for you, it's a sign of trauma. So like right. I'm a pretty upbeat person. Usually I try to – you know, look on the bright side of things. But for me, pessimism is a big sign that something has gone wrong. I I tend to have a hopefulness globally about the future yeah. and outcome of people that are under yeah. my care, etc. But when I'm like, whatever, it doesn't even matter anymore. I'm just going to clock in and clock out. That's, that's actually closer to a sign of vicarious trauma for me yeah. rather than just burnout.
1: Yeah. And I think my cynicism would be there as well, where I'm like, whatever, what's the point? Like, they're they're a horrible person, and this is they're never yeah. going to you know. Yeah. Like where I I don't even see the point in what I'm necessarily doing, and I'm just really cynical about the people even that I'm working with, or yeah. even my coworkers, or yeah, you know, like you said, the friggin' world.
0: Yeah. The the what's the point question? It doesn't matter. It'll never get better. Stuff like that is that's that, a big sign. That dark icky stuff. You yeah. might have some vicarious trauma. You might also have low job satisfaction, or. Just like in trauma, you could have changes to your beliefs about safety, power, Mm -hmm. trust, esteem, intimacy, and control. You could feel like you are more vulnerable to threat because of this vicarious trauma. Right. And
1: again, I'm reflecting on the pandemic and, you know, that belief of safety. That hit home for a lot of providers and a lot of people in Mm -hmm. that, you know – they didn't feel safe anymore even
0: doing their their basic jobs and they didn't mm-hmm. feel supported. Mhm. Absolutely. Yeah, that not feeling supported is a big freaking deal. And I'll just say working as a trauma therapist and other healthcare providers certainly have been exposed to this yeah. to vicarious trauma. I don't I don't know a single healthcare worker that wasn't that didn't this. get this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So that's going to be I <laughs> no big I'm not like blowing anybody's mind here, but that's going to be a big prediction of mine is that just healthcare workers I think are already leaving the field. Oh yeah in droves. In droves. Yeah,
1: yeah. The amount of staff that are leaving professions
0: that they've been in for years. Right. It's because we're not recognizing this for what it was. Yeah. That it was vicarious trauma. And yeah. we're not even recognizing burnout. We're not we're not grabbing burnout. No, before we're it saying becomes. we'll give you a pizza party. Get over it. High five. <sighs> I can't I really can't with these <laughs> Goddamn, like, $20 incentives. <gasps> Nothing makes me more mad than when a company tries to solve burnout or vicarious trauma with nonsense shit. Yeah. Like, just have breathe for two minutes. Here's this... Five dollar Starbucks card, like that. That's not. That doesn't uh, fix the fucking problem. Thanks. I just feel so. I I feel yeah. insulted more than anything, and I want to validating. Yeah, it just make me. It's like take yeah. that Starbucks card and put it way up your butt.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: way up there. <laughs> I want you to feel as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's little square piece of plastic. <laughs> I want it way in your butt. That's how I. That's how I feel right now. Like there's a square piece of plastic in my butt all day, and I want you to feel that way (laughs) am i burnout maybe (laughs) (laughs) the irritability i'm in the Uh. first stage So also, if you're experiencing vicarious trauma, you might have some behavior, behavior changes.
1: changes. Yeah. So you might be cutting some other people off. You might be staying overly busy. You could avoid emotional or physical closeness. Again, you're you're kind of just trying to avoid interacting with others. Mm-hmm. You might just have difficulty maintaining professional boundaries with clients too. Again, you're not necessarily in that mindset. So you might not be as professional as you normally are. Yes. You could also just lose that motivation to engage in those previously enjoyed activities. You know, that kind of that sign of depression type stuff where yeah. you're just like, this used to be fun to me, but right now nothing is fun to me.
0: Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That's a bad one. I, yeah. hate, I hate when I experience that one. That one really sucks. It does. It does. You're like, you're like,
1: I'm going to do this thing that I always enjoy. And you're like, oh, yeah. fuck. That wasn't enjoyable. Yeah. This is, this is not good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like a big slap in the face. You're at like a carnival. The lights are going around you you're eating like candy and you're just like sad yes <laughs> <laughs> you're, like, you're like you have a, like a cotton candy in your hand and you're just kind of looking at the ground like. right you're like this normally makes me so happy yeah. when it melts yeah that oh god yeah i love cotton candy I yes too. it would be as if you are experiencing the ptsd symptom of avoidance yeah a lot of it is just avoidance you're avoiding people places and things and behaviors that used to make you happy don't anymore.
1: Yeah. When and again part of that is you don't have the capacity for that right now. You're you're tapped out in so many ways and just so lost with again partially yourself with the world with all these different things that
0: it's yeah. yeah. Again, why? Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 There's also another term for this, and I would say vicarious trauma and then this term are very, very similar. So That's kind of my thought. You don't really need to know the difference, but this is also called secondary traumatic stress, and Figley coined that term. It's also called compassion fatigue. Yeah, and I've heard compassion fatigue used more. really commonly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just adverse reactions of helpers who seek to aid survivors of really any kind. It doesn't have to be necessarily in a healthcare position. Yeah. So secondary trauma, traumatic stress is interchangeable with vicarious trauma. And although vicarious trauma implies more permanent than temporary stress responses, but these are all kind of in the same ballpark. So if you hear these terms, burnout is like phase one. Yeah. When you're not exposed to a whole bunch of trauma, at your job, but you are still feeling shitty at it. Yeah. And then these ones are like when you are also exposed to trauma or unsafe situations at your job. Yeah, that's
1: that's a good way to put it. And like you said, I think that the only way you could really differentiate vicarious trauma from, you know, compassion fatigue is that vicarious trauma is you're probably going to need more time and treatment to get over this, whereas yeah. compassion fatigue might require a little less work. Therapeutically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to get back on that horse.
0: Yes. So we'll finish a couple more terms here, but as a reminder, these things all mimic PTSD. So PTSD, you're exposed to a criterion A trauma, which is something that threatens your life, makes you feel interpersonally violated, etc. You then have intrusive thinking patterns where you yeah. can't forget it. it, keeps popping up over and over again. You avoid certain people, places, things. You have changes in your thinking patterns and what you choose to do in the world. And you have changes in your mood and right. thoughts, as well as feeling a little hypervigilant, a little on edge. Yeah. And, and, and so, a little
1: reactive, right? yeah. a little irritable.
0: Yeah. So yeah. these these look familiar. They're like shadows of PTSD. PTSD.
1: Again, yeah, you didn't experience the trauma directly, but through the various traumas that you were exposed to or through the various just situations that felt unsafe or whatever, mm-hmm. It had a similar effect. Yes. You're having similar symptoms. It's just not near, it's not quite the same
0: level to reach that kind of diagnosis. Right. So there's a similar term too that kind of belongs in the same umbrella called counter transference. So what is that? So that is when a
1: helper's response is influenced by their own unresolved issues. So say that they've had past traumas or experiences and when they're hearing about somebody else's past traumas or experiences, they're kind of personalizing it. They're kind of, like, taking it on as their own or there's, there's like, yeah. a reactivity to it because it it's mirrors
0: or there's just enough similarities that they – that it has a reaction. Right. Like, if I was – in a car accident and I was working with a patient who was in a very similar type of car accident with very similar types of injuries, then I might feel feelings of counter-transference. Right. Like your experience is my experience. Yeah. So I might over-identify a little bit with it and Mm -hmm. I might not be able to separate myself from the experiences that I've heard about. And I might feel like I need to step into a rescuer or protector role, which is not the same as burnout, but it also does cause stress and fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something I think that
1: is generally talked about, I think, in our education, we're, we're kind of taught to be aware of that. Be aware of your own triggers so that then you don't end up doing this thing because yeah. it's going to fuck you in
0: the long run. <laughs> right, 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 right. So similar, related, not exactly the same as burnout or vicarious trauma. And then my favorite one that we should probably do an entire episode on is moral injury mm, and I actually yeah. think that this is what's going on with a lot of people right now yes is, is moral injury it's not burnout it's not vicarious trauma is fucking moral injury and I will die on this hill <laughs> so moral injury is when you have something that is distressing psychologically behaviorally socially sometimes spiritually mm-hmm. after an exposure to an event so you have those distresses And it occurs when you are acting or witnessing something that goes against your values and moral beliefs. Yes. So I can think of this just in, you know, healthcare now. I mean, there are days where I have to make choices about who I can see because there's not enough of me Mm -hmm. and triage people out who deserve access to care as well. Yeah. And that feels very uh, against my value system. And yep. it kind of makes you feel like you're choosing between people's lives yeah. and that you're playing God. And it's not how I was trained. It's not how I was raised in the field to behave or act. It feels ethically fucky to me. But it's also just like the way things are right now because there are not enough healthcare providers in our field. Yeah. That's like the only thing. That's your only choice. But it is against my moral fabric. And so it makes me feel this kind of psychological distress. It's a moral injury.
1: Yeah. You know, I would say too, with my work in the prison, sometimes some of the stuff that I read, saw, heard, you know, were t- yes. disturbing on such a level that there was moral injury in literally just working with some of those yeah. super disturbed people.
0: Yes. Because um, it was after it was against the fabric of your ethical system. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it creates a wound to yes. behave counter to your ethics and morals. Right. And you can see this. I mean, moral injury, we can have, again, a whole nother episode about it. You probably but, should. Yeah. You you can see it, like, in soldiers. Another example is, like, yeah. if somebody goes to war and has to leave behind somebody that they was a comrade of theirs, that's a fallen soldier, the person right. isn't quite deceased yet, and they know they have to leave to right. save everybody else, that's a moral injury. Yeah. Or when they have to you know, go into these villages, and they end
1: up kind of killing women and children or something. There's bystanders that end up getting hurt. Yep. Like that tends to cause moral injury as well.
0: Exactly. There's all sorts of it's, it's just anything that violates your code. And it really feels when I see it in people, it almost feels spiritual. I know that sounds so like hokey, but it feels very deep and impactful. Yes. And so that's kind of like the level of I actually really do think healthcare workers in the pandemic have. Yeah, again, like you said, there's not
1: enough healthcare workers, and and you're being burnt to such a level that you you don't have the capacity. Yeah. To take on everybody that needs to be taken on. Again, they have they have the rights and they deserve the
0: care, but mm-hmm. but the capacity isn't there. Yep. I have a friend who's a veterinarian. Same sort of mm-hmm. thing. Like she, people will come in and say to her, "Well." I have this dog, and it needs this care. And then she says, okay, this is the price of the care, and they can't pay it, so then they put the dog down. They have to put the dog Uh, down. So it's things like that are for injury because she's the vet who has to do it.
1: And then it's like...
0: I hate this. Like right. I hate. I don't believe in this. I don't yes. like this. There's no way for me to get around this. Like I can't take. 60 that was legitimately dogs home. a reason
1: why I did not want to become a veterinarian. Yeah, I saw. I was yeah. like, I. I don't think I could do that part. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, <laughs> like I yeah.
0: back when I was like deciding life. Yeah, for, you know. Yeah, that was that was part of the reason I didn't do child work. Mm. Is because mm-hmm. I would. Send a kid home to a place that's unsafe.
1: Yeah, that, and you don't
0: have any. And I couldn't. And I called CPS, yep. and I would do all the things, You'd jump all the hoops, to, but the red tape makes you put them back somewhere that you know is dangerous. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that's a moral injury. Like these are all. And so, if your job requires that of you, you might be at the highest level, my dudes. And yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that, but we should call it what it is, and not just say, "Oh, it's just burnout." Yeah, you're it's, just burned out. No, it's, like, it's much deeper than that. Yeah. And and we should recognize that and honor that and not invalidate that experience, I think. And 100%. also shout out to the other mental health workers out there who are literally going oh. through moral injury like daily or weekly. Yeah. Nobody talks about it. And no. Then you're just... And nobody
1: really, again, nobody validates how impactful that is and how mm-hmm. long lasting and difficult that is to come overcome.
0: hmm Yeah. And you're keeping, I mean, you're keeping some serious secrets. Yeah. I think about like a priest who like, is told something in confidence that they know is a mess. But they're, like, the only – I think they're the only non-mandated reporter, right? I think – yeah, that sounds accurate, actually. I believe that they're not mandated to report any kind of, like, child abuse, elder abuse, anything like that. They just have to hold on to that as a clergy member. So it's like – Yeah. These are examples. (laughs) Yeah. And those are – so we will do a whole episode on moral injury at some point – But I think what we can do today is at least give you some ways to predict who's at risk for burnout, vicarious trauma, or secondary traumatic stress, moral injury. Just kind of talk about the risk factors in terms of people who have, like the people you work with, how they can put you at risk, risk factors in the job itself, and maybe even some personal risk factors. I don't know if we'll get through all of that today, but then we'll do a part two on kind of like, what can you do? Right. So what are some risk factors in clients or the type of people you work with that would put you at risk for these sorts of experiences?
1: Yeah, if you have clients or, again, or co-workers or people who are high demand, high demand clients, high demand cl- uh, customers, maybe they call frequently or they email frequently or they're, they're just really highly emotional or highly aggressive. Like yeah. A, um,
0: Demanding. Demand. Entitled. Yeah,
1: yes. that. That, that will put you impact. at risk for burnout. Yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I think about customer service. I think about working as a uh, wait staff member and just the really highly entitled customers who, you know, will treat ask you, you like shit. Yeah, and then give you a dollar tip at yep. the end of the day. Yeah. That's oh god. Ooh, that was a rough one and that's a risk factor for burnout right there.
1: Yeah, and working with clients or customers again who are hostile and threatening, mm-hmm. <laughs> which definitely had that you know like yeah. a multitude of that where yeah. it's like okay
0: this person is literally threatening my life right now that's cool mm-hmm. sweet yeah Or like definitely <laughs> had people like passively threaten my life i've definitely had people talk about like how they know how to clean and whatever do, do yeah whatever with i'm weapons. really skilled
1: with you know getting a yeah i've yeah. had to kill so
0: many yeah yeah and you're yep. like oh cool Nito. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good, good. That's not weird. That's not weird. <laughs> right, right. That's not a weird thing to tell me right now in this like no context. We're just hanging out in the waiting room situation. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It also happens if you work with people who are suicidal or have a history of violence against others. Mm-hmm. So see a prison guard. That'd be a high burnout risk career profession. Yeah. Say you're a CPS worker, a child protective services worker, mm-hmm. uh, ambulance driver, a, a 911 call operator. There's all sorts of options for when you're exposed to people who are aggressive or suicidal. Yeah. And that's a risk factor for burnout. Definitely.
1: I mean, again, just think about the the capacity it takes to be involved with somebody at that kind of emotional state.
0: Yep. Well, and also, too, these people don't have to be clients or customers. They can be your coworkers. Yeah. So keep in mind if your coworkers are high demand, frequent calls, high emotional, aggressive, if they're hostile or threatening, if they're suicidal or homicidal, if they just do not have their mental health packed up in some sort of way right. and they're really falling apart, it can affect you in a burnout sort of way or a vicarious trauma sort of way. Definitely.
1: Yeah, and again, working with survivors who are also perpetrators, this can also translate to emotionally abusive personnel.
0: Yes, and working with people who may relay trauma stories or stories of human cruelty, uh, even be, like being a teacher, I think about that. Yeah, could put you at risk. It's a high risk burnout profession, right there. Definitely.
1: Yeah, and, and there are I mean, some people really like to go into the extensive descriptions of those kind
0: of cruelty acts that uh, stuff too and Yeah. When they're not in therapy. When they're yeah, I mean, if you're in therapy, like okay, like Yeah, you're, if
1: you're in therapy and your process isn't shit. But yeah. when you're overflowing it trauma yeah. dumping on other yes. people, yeah, yes. That
0: can be a yeah. If you if your colleagues or your customers trauma dump on you, woof, that's a risk. Yeah. So there are also some risk factors in the job itself. So if you have large customer bases that you are serving, large caseloads, mm-hmm. large class sizes, just like a high volume of people that rely on you, right? That's a risk factor in Which a job is so, itself.
1: You know, you talked about teachers too. I mean, I know in all therapy settings and all social work, like you're always oh, caseloads yeah. are always a fucking nightmare. People, like they're bananas. They're bananas. But also teachers now, you know, they're tr- they're shutting down smaller schools and making. Mm-hmm classroom's huge Mm -hmm. and the amount of stuff that you have to care like those
0: oh my god yeah (sighs) it is well there's and there's definitely something and i don't know how long this will be going on for but at least for right now there's certainly a a great resignation that's occurring and fewer people are responsible for more tasks and people themselves and so in most jobs right now you find People who are one person doing the work of three people. Yes, and, and and you're just expected again. You're not. They're not actually
1: acknowledging that that's the situation. They're mm-hmm. just saying, well, we expect you to do this because yeah. we're short staffed. Yeah, or because we cut we cut these people, and so we're yep. you know for our own budget. But we're not going to give you any extra money. Yeah, but you're going to have three times the fucking work to do
0: yeah this is this is where i be i literally morph into an actual human middle finger like my whole <laughs> body just becomes a middle finger i get so aggressive about them like that is not my that's responsibility. not my problem yeah yeah it's super duper not my responsibility i yeah unfortunately the pandemic has turned me into a total honey badger I, <laughs> we were talking about this earlier today where i was just like i used to be sweet at one point i swear I was sweet. I think you're still sweet. You just, you just can't come at you with some crazy shit like yeah. <laughs> this. <laughs> I look like that meme of Samuel L. Jackson where his eyes are like really big and he's just dead staring at you. That's me. That's me right now. <laughs> also, if you a risk factor of a job is if you have a large percent of people at the job who've been traumatized, or if you hear back-to-back stories from trauma survivors, or if you have some kind of cumulative exposure to trauma. If there is no peer support in the workplace, like yeah. everybody keeps quitting, nobody's long term in this workplace. Right.
1: People don't communicate. People actually don't try to help each other. It's more like, I'm going to shit on you so I don't get shit on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Instead of a dog eat dog, a dog shit on dog <laughs> Yeah. sort of a world. Yeah, it's when it's just there's not enough staff and right. then you're not communicating among the staff. And then let's say that the staff who are left over aren't really even educated on the job. So you can't get peer to peer feedback support yeah. yeah that's another risk factor
1: maybe if the supervisor is absent or if there's just not a strong leadership or guidelines if you're yeah. if the person who's supposed to be leading you is a total douche nozzle and yeah. and or does not care and or does not like advocate for
0: their own staff i yeah. mean
1: that's that's a risk factor
0: yeah i think about it as like <laughs> If your workplace feels to you like you're walking into Mad Max, where there's just dune buggies, on-fire garbage cans, and somebody just screams at you, get in, shave the side of your head, and you're just doing, there's no rules all day, that's basically the kind of vibe where it's like the wild, wild west in your job, and you are the law. You are the law. (laughs) You're making up the rules. As you go. You are the sheriff. You are the jailer. That's (laughs) That's when we've all got a problem. That's when the job is at risk for burnout. And few support resources. So you're just not trained. Like nobody knows what each other is doing all day. Yeah. And nobody besides you knows how to do your job and the three other jobs you've been assigned so that if you're sick, it all just falls on you. The next time you come in, it's like not even worth it to take time off. Yeah. That's a risk factor for burnout
1: and professional isolation. Yeah. Poor colleague, peer support. You know, if you don't have anybody you work with that you actually feel comfortable with that you actually sort of enjoy. And again, it's not that it's not that you both trauma dump on each other. It's that you actually can enjoy time together. Like you can maybe commiserate a little, but the whole time isn't spent.
0: Yeah. Trauma dumping and commiserating. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Amen to that and we'll stop after this, but there are a couple of risk factors that are personal that just if you have these things already, you're just kind of at a higher risk. Yeah. So you have to be particularly careful with yourself. So if you yourself have been victimized in the past, or if you're like fresh out of college or yeah, fresh out of really grad school. Experience. Which I feel like everything is set up for that, unfortunately, though.
1: Like the the jobs that you get when you're fresh out oh, are yeah. those fucking traumatizing jobs oh
0: yes because people because they
1: burn people out and because people eventually are like fuck this shit i'm out like you know eventually they do reach a point where they leave then the only people they can keep are the new new greenhorns that don't know any better
0: right exactly who've never been treated and then they don't actually
1: train them they're like oh hey like here's your caseload but i'm not going to tell you how to
0: actually do your job yep that's definitely a thing that happens. That's definitely a thing that happens. Any, And it happens in any job. It's like, let's well, yeah. say you're an HR staff member or a nurse or a dentist or whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, you show up. And you get hired right away, and they get you in right away, and you're just so inexperienced, you don't know that something is wrong or problematic, right. and you're just you're like,
1: f- was there something wrong with me? Like, how am I not? Yes. Under- like, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Yeah. Like, I'm-
0: <laughs> yeah, you're just so inexperienced in the field that you don't know how to say fu yet. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: and you, so you take it on, and a lot of times mm-hmm. you take on more than you should because you're trying to show that you
0: can, that you can, that you're, that you're, a good you're capable. Mm-hmm. And yep, yep. So lack of experience is a personal risk factor. If you've had other additive jobs that have given you past trauma, that will be a risk factor. If you don't have coping skills because of the demand of the working situation, or just maybe you haven't worked on your own personal coping skills, that can be a risk factor. If you don't feel like you're very accomplished, you have unrealistic expectations around the job or excessive time at the same job. These are all things that can put you at personal risk for burnout that are not really in In or outside the control of the job itself. Right, right. They're just
1: things to be aware of and kind of tap into and be like, okay, well, maybe. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Let me think about this. Right, right. Yeah. So based on this episode, we're just kind of giving you the lay of the land of what are the types of burnout and what do they look like? So... Now that we know that, what do we two want to do? <laughs> what do we two want to do? <laughs> ah, ah. Yeah. Oh,
1: don't the, put the light uh, on me. This, is,
0: this one's hard, yeah. I think because both of us probably are burnout. Both of yeah. us probably hit all of these. To, on some, yeah, some yeah, degree. Yeah, I definitely think I could hit burnout, vicarious trauma, and moral injury all. Yeah. Probably. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. So, Yeah. What are we going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> so for you, what's your outside of podcast experiment?
1: Well, I think I am definitely in those realms to to some degree. Like, you know, not enough where I like hate the world totally, but you no. Know. Right. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely burnout and getting some of those other points in moral trauma. But due to several circumstances, I'm limited a little bit on what I can change right now. Yeah. So what? I, we need money. What? I know. So right now. So frustrating. I know. I'm going to – my goal is to literally just try to put in some leave, some time off because mm-hmm. I, I'm i somebody who never uses my fucking leave. I Oh, no. If, you, if you've heard of the use it or lose it, I am uh-huh. at the use it or lose it stage and I even put in for like two weeks. Like I finally decided I'm going to take off time around my birthday mm-hmm. and I still have that much time that I need to put in like a few more weeks worth or I won't have it. Yes. Like, they're going to take it from me, even though I fucking earned it. Yes.
0: That's a whole I, other... It's just
1: really hard. You know, I have people scheduled, like, four months out, and mm. so I feel bad planning four months ahead for... Mm.
0: Leave. It's all nonsense.
1: It's all nonsense. Yep. So then, I, and what's difficult is then you know if I do do it somewhat recently, then I have to figure I have to overbook myself yep. and reschedule people. So then the week before and after, yes, are nightmares. Yes,
0: this is that whole thing about like no cross training, not no enough no support staff, staff, no support. Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. So it, it, I don't t-
1: because of those factors, I don't take off enough time, and uh, right. because I am like a fucking tank. I don't realize that I need to stop until I'm smoking. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, my goal is just to simply put in time wherever, like, just get some time off. Put in. That's all. Yes. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah. that's my only thing right now. I need to. I need to take some time off. Just put it in there. Yes. Yeah. Because I just, I always get so busy with the day that I don't even take the time. Again, there's not enough time in the day to even put in, jump through the 20 hoops that I have to jump through to just put in time off.
0: And I will say I will validate for you, even as hard as it is, nine times out of 10, if you do actually go on the the vacation or the time off, it is actually worth the bullshit of coming back to it. Yeah. Unfortunately unfortunately it is still bullshit of leaving and coming back but the overall positive effects of the time away are probably going to be yeah. far far outweigh the time spent there so yeah. yeah i do
1: think though realistically unfortunately for most people they take like a day off here or there and that's never that's enough not enough because you really do need like at least a couple weeks honestly to yep. try to even have any let semblance your, of yeah. rebound to let your nervous system calm down yeah, yeah. And, and you know i think something that we should kind of note next time, which I don't think we've really talked about, is actually how long statistically it takes to recover from that.
0: Yeah, we should write that down. I'm gonna write that down. Yeah, because
1: I'm pretty sure there's some. I don't. I don't quote me on this right now, but I think that actually takes like three years to recover or something ridiculous. Shit
0: balls! I know. <laughs> that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, no, <laughs> that's almost no, an unrealistic no. time frame. But yeah. I, I feel like actually there's there's somewhere out there there's some kind of statistics that's actually like holy shit you this takes a lot of time to recover from
0: that's really good to know that's really good to know i uh yeah we'll we'll check into that for the next episode and see maybe that can be one of our homeworks <laughs> another one of our we have so many homeworks uh my homework is just going to be to keep grinding on my side side hustle so that i can get the hell out of dodge because to me i have you know i mean i feel like i'm surprisingly resilient and actually still do okay with my patients which is great but i i don't want to live long enough to see myself become the villain
1: yeah in
0: the words of dc or marvel i can't remember (laughs) i i want to still go out the good guy yeah you want to
1: still be the good and and if we let ourselves stay in these kind of situations where we're always burnt out and we're not caring for ourselves and setting boundaries and shit
0: yeah yeah so i'm i'm gonna just keep grinding on the side hustle keep putting myself in better positions And, you know, keep building up what I lovingly refer to as my fuck you fund, which is my (laughs) savings so that I can tell anybody to piss off um, and keep going down that road. Try to hoard hoard power and money like a a dragon. dragon. Yeah. Yeah, So that I can get out of something that doesn't suit me and so that I don't have to violate my ethics or morals. Uh, I think that would probably be the end goal for me. And I'll just kind of like keep you posted on that's goal. Right. Yeah, yeah
1: it's a it's a long-term goal.
0: Yeah, it for is. For sure. It yeah, is. yeah. But baby it's steps. but it's my most realistic thing. So Fair. Yeah. So do you have a joke for me, Sunny? I sure do. <laughs> this one is just something I saw on TikTok. It's very it's very brief. I saw somebody talking about going to work and phoning it in, uh-huh. and this is what they said. I'm going to be as useless as the letter G in lasagna today. There, I've said it. Fuck them. <laughs> 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 so to me, like, like sometimes that. when I'm at that point, I just remind myself, just just at least administratively be as useless as the letter G in lasagna. Right, yeah. Be there for your clients to the best of your capability, yeah. but do yeah. what morally makes you function do the one part of your job that day that you know is important to you in your value system right if there is one some of us don't have one that's yeah. okay then then don't do any of it <laughs> yeah be totally as useless as letter g but right. yeah so i thought that was a good one what I about like you that. i decided i need an
1: anti-fatigue mask for my desk i couldn't stand to work without it
0: oh (laughs) i love that oh that's clever yes i well i will save i have two more for you next time so i'll save those for you next time but that is our show today folks if you are liking what we're doing try to support us on patreon or give us a shout out follow us like subscribe or rate and review us yeah please please thank you so much and we will see you next week everybody i see you Bye. bye